The following audio is from Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to love God, love others, and make disciples. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, hey guys, we're here with the podcast to talk about this week's sermon, which I really liked, and there was more outside of the sermon. We had four baptisms, yeah. and you made a post talking about stuff that happened that day. What, what, how did that conversation go with your daughter? Well, we, uh, she has been consistently trying to uh, make this decision, and I've always been uh, really leery of, you know, when they're young like that, do they really understand? There's always these questions, you know, I don't want her to, or any of my kids to grow old and get to be 18, 19 years old and be completely confused and not truly understand what surrender is. Did they make a decision? That whole thing. Um, but, uh, you know, once, once they get it, there's no like talking them out of it, you know? Mm. Um, I remember when Carter was younger, he had came up to me and we were talking and he's like, look, dad, whatever you want to say is fine, but I know the decision that I've made and I'm, whether you let me get baptized or not, I've surrendered my life to Christ. And it was like that coming from a seven year old was like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm in the wrong here. He's yeah. obviously made a real genuine decision. And it was kind of the same thing with Piper. Um, she's been asking a lot of questions lately and telling me constantly like, daddy, I want, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to get baptized. You know, in, uh, we were talking about the baptisms in the car Sunday on the way home from lunch. And uh, she said, well, when can I get baptized? And I said, well, baby, when you surrender your life to Jesus, uh, you, that's baptism follows that. And she was like, well, I've already done that. <laughs> and I was like, well, tell me about that. So we started having a conversation and we had to come up back up here to get my truck. So I brought her by myself and we just sat in the truck and talked for a little bit. And uh, she, she gave her life to Christ in the car and, awesome experience it's always you know an awesome experience when you're a father and you've got kids you know obviously your greatest prayer and your greatest hope is that they'll give their life to christ mm. and um it's very evident that her spirit was uh was genuine in that yeah we came away from passion week and i was really excited about everything that happened there and then sunday seeing those professions and baptism and all that and then seeing your post later that night it was like a consistent of just being fueled by what's going on in the church it was really cool to see that yeah and part of my post was too that you know after easter you always expect for the following sunday to be a complete dud yeah you said the following sunday is the pastor's nightmare (laughs) yeah it's 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 you know there's hardly everybody here and you go from this mountaintop experience to a valley but that just really wasn't the case for us you know we see three adults get baptized and then, like I said, with her decision, and, and even after the service, there was someone that came down forward and was like, I've been living a lie, and I've, I've never truly surrendered and gave their life to Christ mm-hmm. that morning, too. So, you know, God's moving, and, and to see that the week after Easter is is super encouraging. I think it was a perfect setup of having that move series after coming out of We're Fellowship and just mm-hmm. showing what the vision for the church is and people getting that. And then looking at themselves and seeing how they fit into that. And this week, talking about fear, more focusing on their heart and how they're interacting with the world, um, seeing that because of Jesus, his victory is our victory. And I really loved a lot of the things you talked about. Um, But you talked about all the things going on in the world, especially with politics and um, just the state of scrolling through your phone and seeing what the world is like having conversations most conversations if you sit down with someone it eventually gets down to just how awful the world is and kind of relating through that Mm. 
and you can see um, just different cultures around the place arguing about different things. And, and so you talked about the world being really loud and kind of drowning out um, the sound of the Spirit, taking away from knowing the truth that Jesus' victory is our victory. We get drowned by all this noise from the world that we forget about that. And so one of the things I was wondering while listening to you talk was what are some things that you do practically every day to increase the sound of the Spirit in your life and kind of bring down the sound of the world? Mm. Well, um, you know, for me, we live we live busy lives just like everybody else. Um, we We have four kids at home. Um, so when I'm at home, um, it's, it's chaos, you know, their <laughs> kids are running around. There's, uh, I, we also have like a bunch of kids in the neighborhood that are always ringing the doorbell and coming in. So to find that, that moment of peace and quiet sometimes is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have to be intentional. I've learned to have to be intentional about it. Um, so for me, one thing that I do is I try to just completely pour certain things into my mind and my heart so uh, I don't listen I love music I've people uh, have heard me say that before but I don't listen to a whole lot of music like if I'm in the car or whatever if I'm working out at the gym I'm not listening to music typically I'm listening to podcasts mm. so um, I can listen to a lot of preachers that I enjoy a lot of uh, just podcasts like this where people are discussing theological stuff um, so I listen to a lot of that, and that strengthens and encourages my, my spirit. Um, I also uh, obviously try to spend uh, time in the Word every day, and I think that's you know, probably the most key part. It's also one of the most cliche things that we say. It seems like everybody's heard uh, you know, a pastor or us say, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the point of reading your Bible is not just to say, hey, I read the Bible. It's, it's because the Bible feeds your soul, right? Um, and so when I spend time with the Word, man, it, it strengthens my heart in, in a very powerful way. And it's it's that constant reminder of who God is and what He's done and uh, knowing that I don't have to worry uh, so much about all these external things because I can look in the Scriptures and see how God has acted before. I also try to be conscientious about remembering moments in my life, too. Uh, you know, I've when you read in Scripture, you see God constantly telling us to remember. He tells in the Old Testament, He has them set up monuments so they remembered certain things. God wants us to remember uh, when He's acted before, so that because that inc- it strengthens our faith, it encourages our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to remember when things start getting crazy, like you know, like God is in control. And here's a moment in my life where I very much vividly remember the fact that He was in control, even if there's nothing else that you can remember other than your salvation. You can remember God called me in this moment and made himself uh, revealed himself to me made me alive with him I remember that and I can go back to that so I try to spend time with the words but obviously spend time in prayer uh, I also try to go to some of these external sources of podcasts and different other guys I, I love listening to good preachers and uh, you know letting them encourage me through their preaching uh, but that's that's kind of what I do so if someone is listening now and this is the only podcast they listen to and they want to spend more time listening to podcasts and good preachers that you suggest, what do you suggest that maybe you listen to or could suggest would actually be good theological conversation? Yeah, so my favorite podcast or my favorite sermon, my favorite preacher is Matt Chandler. 
Um, I listen to him every week, and uh, I don't necessarily agree with everything that he says, but there's not going to be the truth about any preacher, obviously. So, um, but I I love his style of preaching. I love uh, how he opens the word and unpacks it. Um, I also listen to a guy named H.B. Charles, uh, phenomenal preacher, um, real passionate um, preacher. Um, I listen to uh, I listen to a lot of like theological podcasts. I listen to uh, one that's uh, called Pastor's Talk. It's more like um, methodology type stuff, okay. like church methodology type stuff. Um, uh, I listen to a podcast uh, by a lady named Elisa Childers. Mm. It's called the Elisa Childers Podcast. It's yeah. kind of a um, apologetics type deal. Um, it's really good. Um, I mean, there's several out there. Cool. Yeah, for me... Um because I still live in Lumberton and drive here every day. It's about 40, 45 minutes that I get to spend either wasting my time and listening to to stuff that won't fuel me, or I can take that time to listen to podcasts and sermons, and so I get to do that a lot. But outside of that, there's also intentional time that I have to spend um, in the Word. So a temptation for me and a lot of other people, since the world is so fast and since Mm. there's so much going on, um, you wake up and it's really easy to kind of go throughout your morning, open up Facebook, open up the news, see what's going on in the world. Um, but I've seen in my life, whenever I start my day that way, like I can see just being discouraged throughout the day. The first mm. thing I heard about today was uh, something going on in another state that's just discouraging. Something that's going on here that uh, just people are arguing and being um, deceptive towards each other. And so instead of doing that and starting my day kind of quietly, for me, it makes me wake up early because if I wake up with everyone else in my home, the noise and all that, it just it makes me want to kind of seek things that will immediately satisfy me. So it does take a lot of discipline of yeah. if you want to see fruit and you want to see God work in your life, you have to spend time in the word and that's not going to come naturally a lot. I've never woken up at 5 a.m. naturally and thought I'm going to open the Bible right now because that's just what I want to do. Right. Right. It takes me waking up and forcing myself to, to start into that. But once it, once I actually start that act, it, I see the fruit of it and it's mm. not something I have to force. And so once you start in that discipline and routine, you got, you get to see the fruit of it. And so it becomes worth it. But still taking those opportunities to listen to podcasts and stuff. Yeah, the flesh is always going to pull you away from those opportunities, right? Um, everybody has to kind of figure out what works for them. Um, sometimes it's the early morning thing. Some For some people, that doesn't work. Like for, for me, Becca gets up super early and has to get to work earlier than me. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, trying to help get – I get Davis ready and get Carter ready and we get, get them to school. And so mornings aren't really a great time for me. Uh, it used to be, but not so much anymore. Um, so now I, I usually, you know, I have the opportunity where I'm in my office, I can I can mm-hmm. have some time in there. Um, also, I would say another thing I do that I didn't think about a while ago is uh, there are certain things that draw you away, like you said, um, that that draw your mind away from the things of the spirit. And a lot of times, those are social media type things, right? Social media has this unique ability to uh, just steer our mind away from the things of God. Mm-hmm. And so there are certain people who like to stir that fear stuff, you know, that was talking about Sunday. Um, and so I've just decided that, you know, I won't delete them as a friend, but if they're like just constantly throwing stuff up there, that's like, when I see it, it kind of creates a fear in me and a nervousness. Uh, I hide those people. Yeah. <laughs> and I spend more time on Instagram too now because I can just see the cool pictures of people and the stuff they have going on in their life. And I don't have to deal with all that other yeah. commentary. <laughs> so, but those are a couple of things I do as well. 
Yeah, so we can come to church and hear sermons like this and wonder, why am I living in fear? Mm. Um, But you said, if something can take your joy, then you know that is where your hope and faith is stored. And so it shows you all, all the time that you're investing, if you see a return of discouragement and hopelessness, then you know that that thing that you're investing in is not something that is worth your time or something that you should be poured into. And so you used um, Peter as an example, his faith, his moment of faith of seeing Jesus walking on the water. He said, if this is you, I have enough faith right now to step into the water. I believe that this is you, you will allow me to walk on water. And you said that he started doing that, but then he saw uh, the turmoil around him. He saw how rocky the waves are and he started getting worried. And yeah. so um, I can see myself in Peter and a lot of us can see ourselves in Peter thinking at this moment of strength, I said, I'm going to put my complete faith in God and walked out in that faith. But as we started, we saw uh, these things coming towards us. We saw the world acting in ways that we know is wrong. We saw ourselves tempted in things that we gave into. And so we give into these things and start to become discouraged and we fall because of our lack of faith. Um, and so it's not something you totally went with, but you kind of showed that God allows yourself to, to fall. God allows you to fall. Do you think that there are times in our lives where we show faith and we start to lose those and God allows us to kind of see the consequence of those things? Do you think God um, shows us what our life would be like if we lost faith in him? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think, uh, I mean, there's lots of times in, in your life where you you have that lack of fear. I mean, in essence, all sin is born out of a lack of faith. You know, even in the garden, Adam and Eve, uh, the, the real issue there was that they doubted that God really loved them and had their best interests in mind. That God was, you know, this, the snake convinced Eve that God was withholding something great from them. That, that really he was just trying to keep something from them. Mm-hmm. And so in this moment of uh, a lack of faith in God and his goodness and his love, Eve ate the fruit. And the same was true for Adam. And the same is true for us today. Um, every sin that we commit is is born out of a temptation to doubt God, to doubt God's way, to doubt his love, to doubt his, um, his provision and plan for our life. And, um, and I think he absolutely uh, allows us, you know, allows that to go where, nev- where it will inevitably go. And hopefully, um, if the spirit is in you, uh, I think that, that you will be convicted of that, mm-hmm. you know, and then you'll recognize, man, I had this wrong. God obviously knows knows better than I do and uh, I think I think it's very true that if the Holy Spirit lives in you he's always going to convict you of that and mm-hmm. you won't uh, you won't dwell in that or love that you'll recognize like man like I said Sunday you're not going to continue living on in rebellion you're going to recognize um, that God is is Lord because if you truly put your faith in him to begin with that's that's where that begins right mm-hmm. is, is surrendering and trusting his ways better um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, there's a lot of lessons to be had that, that many of us, you know, especially the older we get, that we that we learned that, man, that's that was a moment of weakness. And I missed out on, I mean, think about what Peter kind of missed out on there, you know. Right. Um, that, that moment could have been so much um, more awesome. I mean, it was awesome, but it could have been even more awesome mm-hmm. if you would have kept walking all the way to Christ. And 
Um, and so it's, it's important that we don't, you know, as we're looking at those external, external circumstances in life, as the storm rages around us. And, and I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's just going to get worse. I don't think things are going to get better anytime mm-hmm. soon. I think things are going to get worse because as more people turn their backs from God, the inevitable uh, outcome of that is more and more heartache and pain and destruction because the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. And so I think inevitably uh, the world's just going to get worse. I don't think that we can will ourselves to be better. I think that um, I mean, hopefully people will get on fire and there'll be revival and all that. But um, it seems like we're continuing down this path of rejecting God as, as, uh, as a society. And as that happens, I think uh, it's going to get more scary for God's people. But we have to remember that, that God is in control and don't allow those things to um, you know, shift our focus, like I said. Yeah. Yeah, I can think of times in my life where I've seen God do really cool things in my life and I've become comfortable in that. And I start to have the mindset of, I, I did all this. It's mm. because of me that I'm being able to see all these things. And then I've seen where God has shown me this is not, like you're coming out of your place. This is the work that I'm using you for, which is a privilege for us. Mm. But ultimately, <clears throat> you started your sermon with this by saying, uh, we did not come to faith because of ourselves. It's not our own rational right. minds that allowed that to happen. It's the spirit coming into us that moves us to do those things. Right. And so um, all of this is for you to reflect on what you are doing to harvest those things. Um, and what we've seen a lot of it is being in the word and being in relationship with him. Uh, you mentioned, you quoted something from First Timothy, and you talked about how Paul wrote that letter uh, that's one of the last letters that we got and some of the last thoughts that we get from him because that the, at the end of his life uh, he wrote first timothy um, and you can see that whenever he's writing those things to timothy towards the end of the letter he says uh, as you as you're giving these things to me make sure that you bring me my my scripture and my um, the word basically. Mm. And so you can see Paul's thoughts, even though he knows that he's about to face death, even though he has all of these things pushing in on him, his natural reaction is to strive for more of the word. And yeah. that's not something that a rational mind would do. Normally, if we're put in a position where we know that the world is about to collapse on us, we try to fight out and we try to think of practical things to do. But the spirit moves us to realize that we can't control those things. And the best thing that we can do is to go to God and ask him to work in us. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's uh, the apostle Paul is such an example uh, for us as he's, like you said, he's in this last moment of his life. And what is he hungry for? He's hungry for, for more of, of, God's word. He's 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 hungry for more of, uh, you know. He's right to the Philippians. He's he's already in under house arrest, and at that point, he doesn't really know what's coming. But even in that moment, he's like, you know, I could die right now, and that'd be awesome because mm-hmm. I could spend uh, forever with in, in God's presence, and that's ultimately what what we're all doing this for, what we're living for. Uh, but he says, but but it's profitable for me to stay alive and to continue this ministry so his focus again he's not worried worried about all these external circumstances he's worried about uh, the ministry and the kingdom and and uh, honoring god with his life even unto his final breath uh, and what an encouragement for us to know that he was just a normal dude yeah he's not he you know you look at some of the things that jesus did and you're like well I, i'm not jesus was 100 god i'm 100 man well paul was 100 man 100 man so um, you look at that and we, we, we know that in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can endure. We can overcome these fears. We can 
live with the right mindset and the right focus. And even even though things are chaotic, even though things are getting worse, even though you know we have these fears welling up inside of us, we can trust in God that His way is is good and that He loves us and that His plan is good. And even though uh, you know we don't completely understand why things are the way they are. Um, we, we can know and trust that he's good because we're focused on where we're headed, yeah. which is a future with Christ. And it's been great to see people react to that, the truth that you've been, you and Julian have been preaching and that we've seen work in our church because on Sundays we've been seeing baptisms and we've been seeing people change their lives because they're coming out of that world and seeing what the truth is. And so it's really cool uh, to see that and to see how our lives cannot be controlled by fear but if we focus on god that we can live a spiritual life and so um it's really cool to hear did you have anything else to add to this uh no you know you said uh you said something about sometimes you feel like your your mind starts leading you to think that some of the things you've accomplished during your own strength that is uh Mm. something that i'm constantly at battle with in my soul is that i don't want to ever get to that place yeah Uh, and recognizing that is 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 key but you know one of the things i say if you ever notice when i before i get on the stage i'm first thing i do is in the last song i look my notes up and then i spend some time in prayer before i go up and preach and, and what i'm praying for is that i would not be doing this for my own glory but i would be doing it for god's glory and that he would be honored in what's said and that his word would be preached clearly and that people would come to know him through it but uh i repeat constantly in my head that I'm just a just a tool to be used by God, just a tool to be used by God, mm. just a tool to be used by God because I'm trying to be careful not to ever come to a point to where my pride is welling up because that is, man, that'll lead us to destruction quickly and um, we, we need to recognize that our dependency is 100% on God and you know when we're, we're doing it in our own strength then we've taken our focus off Christ and then all these other circumstances come in and it's like I, I created this so I have to maintain this and that's not that's not at all how all this works mm-hmm. you look like a fool doing that you know um, this this is all from God and we, we just surrender to him and trust him for, for all things and while that's something to worry about taking care of all those things ultimately it becomes a blessing for you that you don't have to worry about that that stress is not on you it's for you to put on God and allow him to do what he needs to do. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to get up and preach and worry that, you know, is anyone going to be changed by what's said? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have the, my words don't have the power to change man's heart anyway. Right. Um, It's, it's the Holy spirit that does that. And trusting in him to do that is, is huge. And, uh, and I'm, I pray that I never get to a point to where it's, I'm trying to do it in my own strength because I know that there'll be no fruit in that. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for watching. We'll be back next week. Julian's going to preach this Sunday. And so um, next week uh, we'll talk about his sermon and answer any questions from that and go from there. Yeah, I will not be here Sunday. Julian's preaching and uh, he'll do a phenomenal job. Cameron will be leading worship. And uh, our our family, we're headed to Disney World. Uh, My dad is taking the whole family on a little trip to Disney World. We're excited about it. Um, But uh, I'm going to miss being uh, with our church family that day, but I'll be checking it out online and uh, mm. know that God will speak through Julian. He always does and, and work through you as you lead worship. I'm excited uh, to, to see to hear that sermon later and then to hear the podcast next week. Yeah. You can come back with your cricked neck from all the roller coasters. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.
Thank you so much for listening, and we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.